Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. We have a special episode this week. Uh, We have an extra episode this week, really. Because I'm sure you might have seen through social media uh, videos that had gone viral on X or Instagram or whatever that might be uh, surrounding the hearing that was in D.C. on Capitol Hill uh, surrounding women's sports and protecting women's sports. Really, the purpose of the hearing was to urge the Biden administration and the the Democrats in both the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate uh, to, to not go through with what I would call uh, an illegal and discriminatory rewrite of Title IX that the Biden administration is pushing for. Now, uh, I'm sure a lot of you have a pretty good understanding of what Title IX does and what it's meant for women. Uh, I, of course, benefited from Title IX, uh, myself along with 3 million other female athletes since its implementation in 1972. Uh, so we're headed into the 52nd year. We're about to be headed into the 52nd year since its passage. And, and I would argue, of course, Uh, This has meant a lot for women's sports, but I I think the passage of Title IX really opened a door for women as a whole. I I would have called it a pretty pivotal moment in the feminist movement, which has now turned entirely on its head. Uh, But I want to give a brief overview of Title IX, uh, a little bit deeper into what this rewrite means. As said, Title IX, it's, of course, a federal civil rights law that prevents discrimination on the basis of sex. Uh, But in April of this year, the Biden administration and the Department of Education proposed changes to Title IX uh, that would now equate sex with gender identity, meaning instead of no discrimination on the basis of sex, it would mean no discrimination on the basis of gender identity. And this would impact schools who receive federal funding. Uh, They would have to, if they wanted to continue receiving money from the government, uh, they would have to adhere to these rules, again, to maintain compliance. And under this proposed rule, and and I mentioned a lot of this in my testimony uh, yesterday on Capitol Hill, but under the proposed rule, women's sports would not be just for women anymore. They would be for anyone who simply says they are a woman, uh, unless a particular school can demonstrate to the satisfaction of the Department of Education that keeping a particular team female meets important educational objectives. Of course, they don't define important educational objectives or what this really means. Uh, But this new rule mandates that every school in the country must demonstrate the unfairness of unfair male participation in each specific women's team that they offer and develop rules to minimize the harm to trans identified athletes. And so, again, in a nutshell, the Biden administration and the Department of Education uh, are allowing men to join on to women's teams at both the high school and collegiate level. And then they're telling us it's our burden as female athletes to prove it's unfair if we inherently think it's unfair. Uh, Again, they don't define unfair. It has to meet their satisfaction. So there's no telling uh, what this process really looks like. But again, uh, they're putting that weight on our shoulders as female athletes. This rewrite, of course, uh, as I said, is broader than just women's sports. Uh, 
Uh, it would mean that men would have full access to bathrooms, locker rooms, changing spaces. Uh, men could join uh, sororities, which we're already seeing happen. Uh, I want to give a, a shout out to those girls uh, in University of Wyoming, the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority. They just refiled their lawsuit this week, which is really phenomenal news. Uh, and I, I think it's something we should all follow along with and support those girls because they're being incredibly brave uh, to take that stand. So so make sure to follow along there. Um, it would mean that men could be randomly housed in dorm rooms with women. We saw a pretty horrific article this week surrounding, uh, I can't, I don't remember the context specifically, uh, but a school, I, I think it was some sort of camp or something, something, uh, they allowed a male to not only share a room with a young girl, a male who of course claims he was a woman, uh, not only share a, a room with this young girl, share a bed with this young girl, um, this new Title IX rewrite, it would mean that as of now, the 23 states that have passed laws to, to prevent uh, competing in the sex or in the category that does not align with your sex, uh, that would make this new rewrite would make that illegal. Uh, so this is by far the most significant action and the biggest threat to women's sport yet. Uh, and I, I'm not a betting person. Uh, as I said, this has been going on since April of 2023. I'm not a betting person, but if I were to bet, and I've said this from the beginning, I've said this since April, the Biden administration knows that the public opinion is not in their favor. Of course, they know this. That's been very evident through their actions thus far uh, when they they proposed these uh, this these new changes and they left it open for public comment. Public comment is supposed to be for 90 days uh, after they received hundreds of thousands of comments surrounding the, this rewrite. Uh, that were not in favor of what they were doing. They shut the comment period after only 30 days. Uh, they know public opinion is not in their favor. Uh, they're going to try and do this discreetly. Uh, he has made it abundantly clear that he will have this done by the end of the year. And so I would be watching. I, I can guarantee you this will happen during around the holidays. Uh, my guess is December 23rd is when the Biden administration will, will follow through with this. Uh, hoping people are distracted and not paying attention, but I certainly will be, uh, and I will keep you guys updated on what this looks like. Uh, so that's what's going on. That's why this hearing took place. Uh, and let, let's get into the hearing. I would be remiss if I did not simply just outright say it is unfathomable that a recently graduated 23-year-old uh, college swimmer has to go to D.C., sit in front of Congress, the people leading this country, and tell them that men and women are different. And then have to have Congress be confused by this explanation. Uh, of course, I always choose to remain hopeful, uh, but I believe this is proof that America has lost its soul. Um, this was a pretty long hearing. Gosh, it went on for about four hours. And in these four hours, uh, there was a lot of misinformation uh, coming from the Democrats, and we'll get into that. Uh, but this, it was under the Oversight and Accountability Committee. Uh, this hearing was brought forth by Representative Lisa McLean, who is so feisty and fierce and just really incredible. She's one of those warriors uh, who you you certainly want on your team. Uh, so so she's just amazing. Um, of course, I was one of the witnesses. There were two other Republican witnesses, one of which being Kim Russell from Oberlin College. Uh, she was a coach. I encourage everyone to go listen to their testimonies. I won't get into all that. 
but she was a coach who was um, effectively fired, basically uh, canceled from her university for uh, defending women uh, in sports, saying that men should not be in women's sports. She's had to undergo a lot of uh, really nasty things since then. Uh, the other Republican witness was Sarah Perry of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, and there was a Democrat witness who was the president, who is the president of the National Women's Law Center. And we'll get into why that's ironic. Um, uh, one more thing I want to mention about this hearing before we talk about the specifics. The ranking member of this subcommittee was Katie Porter, Representative Katie Porter, who, if you might remember, uh, this is a, a member of Congress, a Democrat member of Congress, who has publicly said on national television uh, that I'm just doing this for clicks and likes, uh, that I'm putting myself through the vitriol of, of, you know, the death threats and people showing up to my house and drones flying above my house and, and all the awful things uh, that really I've had to endure. I'm doing this for clicks and likes and for my own personal gain. Uh, that's what she said publicly. Uh, I just talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago with Piers Morgan, uh, because that's who she was on with. I, I even tried to publicly or, or privately, excuse me, address her in D.C. last time I saw her, not in front of anyone, because I, I wanted to give her the opportunity uh, to explain to me where she came to that conclusion. You know, how how did she get to that point in, in, in her thinking? Uh, but she ran for me. So I was very excited to see Representative Porter uh, but she did not show up to the hearing, uh, which I think is telling. Uh, I, I believe she didn't show up for a reason. I believe she's a coward. Uh, but her absence meant that Representative Lee from Pennsylvania was the ranking member. And so I had to sit there. Of course, they go through opening statements. And I sat there and listened. And uh, Representative McLean, Representative Lee's opening statements, the chairwoman, uh, ranking member, and when Representative Lee began her opening monologue, the first thing she says, you know, I, I can't believe we're, we have to sit here and listen to this transphobic bigotry. And as soon as she said that, I, I here, let's just let's watch the video. To me, that although the title of this hearing implies a much needed discussion, we're likely going to be forced to listen to transphobic bigotry. Unsafe, unfair and discriminatory practices towards women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testi testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. I have, as the saying goes. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I move to withdraw the point of order. I um, of course, that last piece was ad lib. I was not that was not in my testimony. I was not prepared to say that, but I'll I'll tell you uh, where I kind of came to that conclusion. I'm sitting there listening to her opening monologue, and of course, I know my stance is pro woman. If pro-woman is deemed anti-trans, wouldn't pro-trans inherently be anti-woman? And what do we call someone who is anti-woman? 
Uh, we call them a misogynist, which is, of course, exactly what I did. And I stand by that. I do believe Representative Lee uh, and all of the Democrat members uh, who actively campaigned against women having fair sport, I believe they are misogynists, uh, showing an utter disdain and prejudice and really contempt, hatred for women. Uh, that's what a misogynist is. And, and that's what those people uh, very clearly showed. As you can see also in the video, Representative Lee tried to erase history <laughs> and the records uh, by, by moving to take down my words uh, in the act of, I, I believe her reasoning was personal engagement or personality engagement, whatever she said. Uh, let it be known that her efforts were withdrawn. She did not get to erase history and the record still indicates that Representative Lee is in fact a misogynist. <laughs> they can dish it out, but they can never take it. Uh, she could call me names when I call her names, which I don't, I don't uh, recommend stooping to the level uh, of someone else uh, ever, but I, I did find it to be necessary in this situation to call her what she was, which is again, a misogynist. Um, she could call me names. But when I called her names, uh, a name, they were scrambling. They didn't know what to do. I mean, she went into like factory reset mode, had to take a time out. Uh, rules for thee, but not for me. Um, that tends to be how it goes. After my testimony, the other uh, witnesses got to read theirs. Uh, again, I encourage you guys to go listen to those. They're, they're incredibly impactful and insightful. Uh, but the Democrat witness, I want to I want to touch on her testimony very briefly. Uh, again, National Women's Law Center. I'll be waiting uh, when they uh, take that word "woman" out because what I saw is they do not represent women. Uh, they may represent men who think they are women, but they don't represent women. Uh, in her testimony, this this witness Goss Graves is her last name goes on to say, "Women should just learn how to lose gracefully." And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and, and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully. I just feel like I should clarify here. I've lost many times in my career. Uh, and I would say I'm a pretty graceful loser. Uh, my husband might not agree. He won't even play Uno with me or cards with me. Uh, I, I would say I'm competitive, of course, uh, but I'm a, I, I can lose and have no problem. I've done it many times. Um, but let it be known, I did not lose to Thomas, uh, the male we competed against. He did not. Uh, he did not beat me. Uh, we tied, uh, which I think is kind of embarrassing on his part that a six foot four man couldn't beat me. Uh, but I did not lose to him. So just had to get that out there. And secondly, it's very evident that Mrs. Goss Graves has never played a competitive sport in her life. Uh, of course, I agree. The benefits to playing sports, uh, you know, like. Uh, I mean, what she mentioned, really, uh, you become a leader, the camaraderie, the teamwork aspect, you know, you develop communication skills, all those different things. Of course, that is a, a, an effect, a side effect of playing sports. Uh, but to say sports is not about winning. Uh, you've just never been a competitive athlete. Sorry, Mrs. Gosgraves. It's our jobs as Americans 
I want to encourage everyone. And again, I said this on my podcast with Senator Cruz this week, but I've been thinking a lot about it. And actually who I heard it from was Charlie Kirk of Turning Point. Uh, I was listening to him speak a few weeks ago and he's so inspiring. He's so, uh, he works really incredibly hard at what he does. Uh, And I just thought it was really moving because he was talking and he said, you know, I want to encourage everyone these next 11 months to work as hard as you have ever worked. It is our job as Americans. If we want to restore America, restore sanity, it is our job to, to call out hypocrisy when we see it. If we don't, no one will. Uh, people think that these radical Democrats are intimidating. I thought that when I first testified in front of Congress. They're not. They're, uh, quite honestly, uh pretty stupid. If Just being frank here, they're pretty stupid. Uh, again, did you see how hard they scrambled after their own intersectional language was used against them? Um, they have their staffers write everything for them. Don't be intimidated. Uh, and, and that's, of course, not just members of Congress. Uh, I, I would say that's the radical left as a whole. Uh, they have no basis for their arguments. Don't be afraid to call it out. Um, I'll move on to the typical line of questioning that we saw from the Democrats in this hearing. Pretty much every Democrat used their time to totally deflect from the issue entirely, uh, pointing to abortion or the Violence Against Women Act or or the Equal Rights Amendment or some other piece of legislation that Republicans have, or that I guess historically paint Republicans as woman haters. Um, There was a a pretty phenomenal piece done by uh, OutKick uh, surrounding kind of the deflection points that the Democrats in this hearing used. Um, It it was a pretty good one. Another thing they did was they uh, constantly said that this, you know, our rhetoric uh, and what we're advocating for is excluding trans people from sports entirely, which is simply false. Uh, Again, I said in my opening testimony, no one should be banned from playing sports, regardless of your gender identity or your sexual orientation or your race or what sports you play. There is a place for every single person in this country to play sports. And I encourage every single person in this country to play sports. But we cannot prioritize inclusion over safety and fairness. Uh, That's I don't understand how that's controversial. Everyone should play where it's fair and where is safe. And that's the category that matches your your sex uh, that you were, of course, born with. Another tactic was, of course, name calling. We saw that. Uh, Another thing that was constantly said by AOC and some others, uh, they were saying that supporting sex segregated sports is kin to supporting racism. Uh, You know, we talk about not wanting to restructure society for a minority, for the trans individuals. Well, you this is exactly what happened during the civil rights movement. Let me tell you how that argument is flawed. Um, During the civil rights movement, uh, African-Americans genuinely didn't have some of the rights that white people had, Uh, of course, which now looking back on, we can all agree was an incredibly horrible time in our history. I I would say that that's uh, the general consensus among both parties here. Uh, I think we can agree on that. The difference is now where they continue to spout this, there is not a right that a trans individual does not have. No one is being denied of their rights like they were uh, in the 1860s onwards uh, until about, you know, a hundred years later. Uh, so that's a, a totally silly and disingenuous 
uh, line of, of reasoning there. AOC. Oh my gosh. She, um, something she did, which I thought was incredibly funny. Originally allowed for genital examinations on minors in order to quote unquote, protect women. Is that correct? Unfortunately, yes. And so we're seeing here in this guise, under the guise of not only trying to further marginalize trans women and girls, we are talking about opening up all women and girls to genital examinations when they are under age. That's right. Potentially just because someone can point to someone and say, I don't think you're a girl. That's correct. And we're saying this in an environment of a post-Dobbs America where states are criminalizing access to abortion. Again, this is simply misinformation. Uh, no one is advocating for genital inspection that would be and has been historically incredibly invasive and violating. Uh, maybe what she's referring to is a routine, a routine physical that is done by every athlete, uh, that every athlete has to have. Um, that's again, that's routine. That's, that's standard practice. I had to do it. Uh, when I was competing, you have to go through physicals. Uh, she was specifically referring to, to different States, what some States are doing. Some States are advocating for genital inspection, which again is not true. Uh, what states are doing is they're saying they'll look to a birth certificate or some form of government issued identification. Um, some governing bodies, uh, they're resorting to cheek swabs or chromosome tests. But again, no one has done external genitalia, the inspection of external genitalia for gender verification since the 1960s Olympics. Uh, and it was rightfully decided that at this time, this wasn't a satisfactory or acceptable process to determining sex. Um, it's interesting to me that the Democrats consistently actually in this hearing brought up sexual assault and how, uh, which I agree, how we should minimize sexual assault in any way that we can. Um, but listening, they bring this up, but they refuse to listen to the stories. They're not interested in hearing the stories of girls like Paula Scanlon, Scan, uh, excuse me, Paula Scanlon, uh, who is a survivor, uh, a victim of sexual assault in the past, who then had to, who was then forced to share a locker room with Thomas. What about Paula and her experience? No, that doesn't matter to AOC or to any of the Democrats uh, because it, it it doesn't fit their narrative. Uh, the whole Me Too movement, uh, I believe, and it's it's showing here, was entirely a scam. Um, yeah. So again, this went on for hours, this hearing, uh, I want to show some of representative McLean's closing statements, because like I said, previously, she's fierce. Oh, she's fiery and she's tiny. She's in, you know, she's like all of like five foot, nothing. Uh, but those are sometimes your most mighty packages. Uh, so watch this clip of her closing statements. We lost our minds. I sat here and listened to every every label imaginable. I I am here to protect women, girls. My God, why do I have to apologize for that? We spent decades trying to protect women. And you know what? We won. 
We won. So I will not apologize now or ever for trying to protect my daughters and women in sports. And that's what this hearing was about protecting women. So you know what? I am a woman, and let me tell you, hear me roar, because I will not stop protecting women. You want to know why? Because we have rights, too. Women have rights, too. I love what she said. Uh, I am woman, hear me roar. Uh, That is woman's empowerment. Again, to use their language against them. Uh, we need more like Representative McLean uh, and, and, of course, some of the other co-sponsors, sponsors uh, on the House side and in the Senate side who have taken up the Save Women's Sports Act, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, uh, because those are the people who are telling us that we, as female athletes, as women in general, uh, that we're worthy, that we matter, that we're capable of incredible things within our own physical ceilings, and we shouldn't have to compare ourselves physically or in any other way to a male. Um, again, I appreciate you guys listening uh, and and really for all the support uh, after the hearing. I've had so many people reach out and just say some really kind things uh, telling me, you know, uh, I, I'm a warrior for women's rights that, you know, people reaching out saying, you know, I have a five-year-old daughter. Uh, thank you for fighting for her. You're exactly right. Because that is, that is who I'm fighting for. That is what this is about. Um, so again, I'll keep everyone updated on what the next step in this process is, what the Biden administration is going to do. Uh, keep your, keep your ears tuned uh, and, and your eyes following this because they're certainly going to try and push it discreetly. Uh, anyways, appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining this special and extra episode this week of the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, you can like and subscribe anywhere where you get your podcasts, uh, outkick.com, Spotify, Apple. Um, again, I want to push another urge for everyone to go and buy uh, Senator Cruz's book, uh, Unwoke. You can get it in Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um, it, it's incredibly eye-opening, I think is a good word for it, and really phenomenal. Each chapter follows um, a different delegation of really this cultural Marxism that we're seeing. Uh, So again, thank you guys very much, and I will see you next week. (laughs) 